Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. On April 10th, Cardinal Stritch University President Dr. Dan Scholes announced the school would close at the end of the semester. The Franciscan Liberal Arts College has been a part of the greater Milwaukee community for the past 86 years. We are all devastated by this development, but after examining all options, this decision was necessary. I wish there was a different path we could pursue. However, the fiscal realities, downward enrollment trends, the pandemic, the need for more resources, and the mounting operational and facility challenges presented a no-win situation. Since the announcement, staff, faculty, and students have been trying to process the news and figure out their next steps. Dr. Barb Spies first came to Stritch in 2003 as an adjunct faculty member in the communication department. Over her career, she's worked her way to full professor and also started a new additional role as the director of mission integration. Full disclosure, I am a Stritch alum, and I also had several classes with Barb during my time there. So I went to visit her on campus to learn about how she's dealing with the closure. We start our conversation with what it is about Stritch that's kept her there for 20 years. Well, really that Franciscan nature of the university's kept me here. And that's actually my new role that I started in August, which is Director of Mission Integration. So I'm still faculty, you know, full professor, and I still teach, but I'm also the Director of Mission. And it's that mission of the university that has really, you know, given me hope for the future, hope for our students, and it's the thing that's kept me here, you know, because I've had friends who've said, you know, what do you think about corporate stuff and all that? And I'm like, but it wouldn't be this, you know, it wouldn't be this. We were started by Sisters of St. Francis. And, you know, at one point, the halls were just full of sisters, like they were everywhere. <laughs> but not anymore. And as time has gone on, you know, then it's been a matter of teaching the people who come in what is the Franciscan tradition, who were the sisters, and what does it mean that this is who we are. And so we we talk about four values. We talk about the value of showing compassion, of creating a caring community, of making peace, and of reverencing all of creation. And those all come from St. Francis and St. Clair and from our sisters who are Franciscan sisters. So that's what, you know, that's really what's kept me here. One thing that obviously stands out, especially with a smaller school, is the creating a caring community. There's such a sense of community here. What's it been like over the past few years with the pandemic, especially, you know, when enrollment really took a hit, you know, was the school cutting lots of jobs programs? Like, was the writing on the wall? Well, you know, the the crazy thing is, like, we did a lot of cuts before that happened. And we thought <laughs> that we were at a point where we were what, what they've been calling right-sized, mm-hmm. right? We matched the number of students instead of having a lot of extra everything. We were what we thought was at the level that would keep us able to function based on the number we had. And that was um, during the pandemic or that was before? That was before. But, you know, one of the things you notice is that when sometimes when certain positions, when someone goes, they don't get replaced. Like any time a faculty member left, they were really replaced with adjunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's 
that's happening everywhere. So why would that be the sign for us? Because universally, that is happening. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, any if you look at Inside Higher Ed or the Chronicle of Higher Education, they all talk about how this is the move everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to it's hard to find a, a full-time position anywhere. Uh, so, so yeah, yes, we saw some signs. And, of course, we knew the enrollment had declined. But we were hopeful because we kept having increases. You know, it just wasn't apparently enough of an increase. I'm hoping, if you're comfortable sharing, can you take me back to the day you found out, how you found out? Yeah, we received an email at about 2.30 that told us there was an urgent community meeting at 3.30 on Zoom. Like, that's never happened. (laughs) It was still Easter break, and so students weren't here, and so it was really just the staff who happened to be here. So we're just kind of like walking around the halls going, what's going on? And saying, it can't be, it can't be, it can't be because we thought we were in a safe place. And so, you know, we had the meeting and Dan, our president, uh, you know, told us that this was a statement that he had just recorded, and but he wanted to give it to us live. And so it was the same statement that you've seen in public is what he told us. And then he, you know, he talked to us for a bit and then, um, you know, and then told us there would be more. It was stunning. I mean... When you think about something that's jaw-dropping, that's that's what it was. We didn't expect it. <laughs> you know, I, I was a, I was part of a group that was working for a um, formation for a board that was to take over sponsorship of the university. Universities that are run, colleges that are run by church organizations, church bodies like the sisters, if they don't have people who are eventually going to replace them, then they have to look to a different board that then meets the same expectations, same goals. Um, And so, you know, I was working on that. (laughs) We were supposed to have been ready for a transition of sorts. Right. We were supposed to have done that this last weekend. We were supposed to do formation for this group that would in the fall take over sponsorship for our sisters. And so we were working on that because we, you know, we wanted the place to still be who we are. We, and that was the, the goal of this formation was to make sure that the legacy of our sisters remained. Yeah. So all signs, especially for you personally, were that, yes, changes need to be made. I'm working on that change with a lot of people, but no indication that the fiscal cliff was this near, that there was no other options because you were exploring options, it seemed. Right, right. And the thing is, I mean, I understand, like, there are certainly people who knew we were there, right? But if there's any noise about that, if there's anything that comes out about that, then people stop coming, right? And you're doomed. So you can't say, we're, this is really scary. You can't say that. And I understand that. And, you know, as as much as it's going to make, well, and can, it already is making people angry, I understand. I mean, I don't know that any if we had known any earlier, we could have, you know, done something magic to save it. But I do think that situations like this, especially here, it's an issue of justice because we are serving a population that does not get served otherwise, both through who our students are 
and through who our students serve when they leave this place. And so when you consider who gets money, right, it's not education, and it's definitely not small, private Catholic education. That's always the question of justice. Like, we don't reach out to those who really, really need the help. We don't offer that. And who's going to care for these students? And who's going to give them a home? And who's going to offer, you know, financial opportunities for students to get a degree who wouldn't otherwise, like, be able to qualify for a Pell Grant, for instance? And, you know, it, Governments support education less and less. Boards support less and less. Our sisters, you know, they've always served the underserved. And that 86-year legacy of them serving the underserved is something that it, it kind of, like, disintegrates. It dissolves. And I don't know where where our people go. You know, <laughs> banks don't care. <laughs> Boards move on and support some other institution. But where do these students go? That's, to me, where the justice issue is. You know, our doors close, and we can't do that anymore. With the state of higher ed, would you even want to try and teach again somewhere? You know, I would love to teach. <laughs> I would love to teach. This is, this is who I am, and this is, you know, what I feel like I've been called to do. It's hard, though. Like, I mean, when I'm looking at what's available locally, there are positions that are lecturer positions. And a lecturer means it's not tenure track. It's a year-to-year contract. It also means significantly less pay. So it's like, okay, there are there are corporate positions. <laughs> and I look at those and I think, well, could I make that meaningful? Could I make that feel like the same mission is being accomplished? I, I don't know. I'm sure I could. I'm sure it would happen. But where my heart is right now, I would love to continue to teach. Because I know you, and it's kind of embedded here, I know, and you talked a bit about how all your efforts are going towards helping students, helping them figure out what's next. So can you share a bit about what your days on campus have been like lately? (laughs) What's the atmosphere here? What conversations have you been having with students and other staff members. Yeah. So I'm in this, I'm in this new location. I'm now in the main building and it has been a constant, constant stream of students. Um, Some faculty and staff as well, uh, but it's been a constant students coming in, students, you know, with questions, students who are crying, students who just want to have some ideas of what to do. Um, people who are are feeling lost and upset and and even angry you know we've we've moved into anger <laughs> uh which you know is totally understandable you know if the thing is re- remember how we learn about the the stages of grief right i mean you see it everywhere we we've got the the denial that you know the let's let's find the money and we won't close and then there's the, you know, there's there's people who are just devastated and shocked and in tears and sobbing. People who are strong then coming to my door and, and you know, when they walk in and they close the door, I know it's, it's going to be more than just, you know, stopping in. And now I think the anger, too, you know. 
which is which is totally justifiable. <laughs> you know, we we don't we don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing, and we wish we had known earlier. And amidst all the feelings of frustration, anger, as you said, sadness, um, all, the, all the different grieving stages, what's been your main emotion you've been feeling lately? My main emotion is sadness. This is, this is family. This is home. Um, we offer something that, that just doesn't exist in other spaces. We are a, a home for, for students who are undocumented. They never have to fear here. They know they're going to find support and love and care and that they're going to be able to afford going to school and moving on and doing something that they couldn't have done otherwise. We've built relationships. Um, so just recently, I, I don't know, maybe it was two months ago, maybe not even, uh, one of our alums died, um, Shabrika Chapman. And when I went to that funeral, half the people there were stretch people. They were people who had gone to school with her. They were faculty. They were um, staff. They were, you know, it was stretch. It was because we're family and that's what we do. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really deeply, deeply sad. It's, you know, it, despite anything else, like anger about anything or, or shock or confusion or frustration, deep, deep sadness that this doesn't, you know, it's not going to exist anymore. What message do you want to send out to people whether they've been a part of this community in the past or currently or haven't even gone here or haven't stepped foot and only have learned about it recently because of the news of the closure? I mean, anybody who is in a position to be accepting any of our students, accepting our, our faculty and our staff as they look for new positions, to to warmly welcome them, to know that they're... They're deeply hurt and and so sad and so fearful and that they've been at a place that was home and they need <laughs> they need to find a new home. Um, and it, I just it's it's been such a beautiful place to be. There's there's nothing like this. And uh I just, we're all going to miss it so much. It's, it's definitely a death, you know? All, all those things we've talked in this last week about how you wake up and you have that split second before you remember and you go, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's, you know, s someone has died. It's, it's the same thing I've felt when I've lost family members. Oh yeah. I forgot, you know, and then then you remember and then it's that deep hurt and loss. So just, you know, if if people can, I you know, the people who who are going through this and alumni just to know how much we've loved being with everybody. Dr. Barb Spees is the Director of Mission Integration and a Professor of Communication at Cardinal Stritch University. 
We spoke last week on campus. You can find more coverage of the closing of Cardinal Stritch at wuwm.com. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast 